All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Start with some breaking news. I just came to the legislature dining room to get a coffee, and the coffee pot wasn't there because you broke it. <laughs> you had to you had to reveal that to the listeners. Yes, I did break the coffee pot this yes. morning. Yes. Yes. Well, they don't make them like they used to. This is one of those. It's got a little pump handle on the top of it. Well, it used to. <laughs> I snap. I snapped it clean off. So what are you going to do? That's our breaking news for the day. That's the breaking, literally the breaking news. Okay, let's talk about some other breaking news, some real news here. And that this is this afternoon we're expecting an announcement. Premier David Eby, along with representatives of the Heisla First Nation. What are you hearing? What are you anticipating? Hard not to speculate that it's about the Heisla Cedar LNG project. An LNG project, yeah. okay. Uh, it's in the works. So I don't see the Heisla walking away from this project. They've got a lot invested in this. It's been years in the making. Uh, it's a band, first by uh, the chief uh, counselor there was was Ellis Ross, now BC Liberal MLA, who negotiated this. Crystal Smith is the current chief there. Uh, this is a vitally important project to the Heisler Nation's economic situation. They see this as uh, many jobs, but a, a huge revenue stream. So I don't see a check being cut for the Heisler to walk away from this. I expect that you're going to see another hurdle cleared here for this project to continue to proceed. Even though uh, the NDP government has set some ambitious targets for greenhouse gas emissions, hard to see how all this fits within those targets, particularly LNG Canada, which is a massive project. Cedar is much smaller, though, um, and it's got a hydroelectric component to it, so it's clean. um, So the emissions, would would they be burning natural gas to run the turbines here? I don't think so. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but that's one of the knocks on LNG Canada. Well, yeah. Um, But also Hydro is now revealed. They've been asked by EB to start looking and fast-tracking a a hydroelectric transmission line uh, to Kitimat to connect that projects and other projects there to to the grid to allow more clean energy to flow there. So I still think LNG, the LNG projects are going to get green lights despite the um, environment, some environmental uh, protests against this. So the announcement today is, is an odd one. It's structured weird where there's two different locations an hour apart. I've been told hard to get any uh, heads up on this because of market sensitivities. You put all that Mm. together, Hard not to see how it's how it's anything other than the Cedar LNG project. And again, I think it's another hurdle being cleared. Okay, it's interesting to see if, if this is indeed what it is. And I suspect that you're right, that they're going to announce the next step on this project. Uh, on the one hand, if he announces a green light and approval for an indigenous-backed LNG project, can he say no to the second phase of the LNG Canada project? Because he's been evasive on that. Very evasive because, we've asked of, because of climate change. Yeah, we've asked several times. How do you? How does that second phase go ahead? And how do yeah. you square that with these greenhouse gas emissions, which no one has come close to attaining, anyways? Right. Um, a lot of uh, there's a lot of speculation. These these targets sort of plucked out of the air, yeah. uh, and hard to uh, meet even without LNG Canada. Yeah. It's an open question, big open question, whether they meet those targets anyway. So this is one of the real puzzles that EB's got. How do you continue to proceed with these industrial projects? We just announced the first open pit mine uh, yesterday Ooh, in yeah. a decade. Um, at the same time of trying to meet these greenhouse gas emission reduction targets, which are very ambitious. Okay, so that announcement coming this afternoon. One thirty. Okay, so make sure you keep in it locked Vancouver. here for that. That's going to be an interesting announcement this afternoon. Okay, speaking of EB, you know, we've talked a lot about the condo rules that he has brought in, mm-hmm. including 
the rental rules. So this is now the law of the land in BC. All condos available to rent out if the owner wants to rent them out. Stratas are not allowed to bring in any bylaws that say no rentals, right? But now he was warned well, right it, off the bat this could backfire. So What's happening? The exemption when the bill was originally brought in was except for those who have tenants or owners age 55 and over. But now you've got a situation of a young woman buys a condo, then the strata turns around and decides to declare itself a 55 and over building, therefore forcing her to move or sell. Or well, to- I'm not. Sh- I think she would be grandfathered in there. I think her concern is that what if she gets a roommate? Like, what if she gets married or something? Could yeah. someone move into the suite? So with I think her? I think and the, the answer is no. This was flagged at the beginning. These these loopholes, these problems, and yeah. the, part of the problem was this bill was introduced and passed very quickly. Yeah. If you recall, this is just after E.B. became premier. Uh, the house stands down for a week. Yeah. Then these 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 housing bills come in with minimal scrutiny. Liberals didn't have any time to really really go over the details of this because it was a rush job to get those bills through the house. Now, it was said then there will be amendments if we see them necessary. So we'll see if those amendments come in this this spring session, which ends in May. Okay, so when he brought this in. Some stratas were not happy because there are some strata councils, they like the system the way it was. They didn't want renters, mm-hmm. okay? They didn't want rentals rentals in their, in their building. They wanted owner-occupied suites only. That was the rule. And EB forced them to change the rule. And then he was warned, look, if you do this, some of these condo buildings could start converting to 55-plus mm-hmm. only age restriction to try and restrict the number of renters coming into the building. Yep. He was warned about that. And this is what he said. Now, listen carefully to what E.B. said. This is going back a few weeks ago. He's asked about these buildings that are converting to 55 plus only rent restriction or age restriction. And listen to what he says here, David E.B. We have a lot of seniors that are looking for a place to rent. Uh, and this may actually be helpful uh, to uh, to ensure that seniors have uh, high quality seniors housing that's available for them to rent. Okay, so well, he turns around and says, "Oh, this could actually be a good thing." Now well, he's now he's singing a different turn. Old so, water for young people. Uh, if, if really the rules skew to accommodate just old. Well, that's people. right. So now he's at first he's trying to spin it that it's a good thing. Now listen to him now because now he's talking about backtracking on it. So here's EB yesterday. We want people to start families. We want them to build their families in British Columbia. This legislation is about making housing available for people to do that. Uh, so we're currently doing the policy work. We will be introducing amendments to address uh, this issue of uh, people who live in buildings that then convert to 55 plus. So, I mean, at first he's trying to spin it's a good thing. Now he's talking about yeah, now, now amendments. Uh, again, a lot of this was, was predicted back in November yeah. when, the, when these bills passed the House with uh, very little time spent scrutinizing and arguing and debating because the government uh, brought this in at the 11th hour and basically almost used a form of closure to get these things through. Okay, so he's talking about amendments. We don't know what kind of amendments no. he's going to bring in. And we don't know the timeline either. So, no. I assume there's still a lot of time left in this session. The, the house is down for two weeks because of spring break. Well, then it's back up, has a bit of an Easter break. But there's time to get bring amendments in, and hopefully they don't bring them in the last week of the session and, again, ram them through with minimal debate. Yeah. Okay, we'll be talking more about that issue later on the show, so make sure you keep it locked here. Did you watch the – now, I know you did not watch the Academy Awards. We talked about that yesterday. Did you watch the Juno Awards last night? No. Okay. Although a friend of the neighborhood, Paul, won a Juno with his uh, really musician friend. So that's the Fairfield 
neighborhood celebrating. Okay. All right. Let's listen to this moment last night in the Juno Awards. So here is Canadian rock star Avril Lavigne on stage and then a protester, a topless woman walks up on stage, environmental protester. Listen to how this happened. Victoria, B.C., his music has gained a worldwide audience, was sold out to the U.S. Get the f*** off. And this is his moment. A.P. Dillon! Okay, so we had to bleep out the F-bomb that she dropped there, and she told this protester to get off the stage. More disruptions. Yeah, what do you think of this? I mean, like, this is, to me, I was watching this, and I was like, Okay, this is like the people who are splashing paint on mm-hmm. priceless or woolly priceless works of art, or someone who pass, splashed the paint on the woolly mammoth at the BC, Royal BC Museum. People gluing themselves to highways. Now you have nude protesters on stage at the Junos. It gets publicity, this... but doesn't it doesn't turn it doesn't move the needle. Yeah. In fact, it, I think it has. You could argue it has the opposite effect. This gets people angry. So you think it actually is counterproductive to what they're trying to achieve? It turns people. I think so. Turns more people off than. I think so. The people who are already hardcore committed activists are already there. You're yeah. not going to move the middle of the road, mom and pop, to your side of the debate by defacing things or, you know, uh, blocking ambulances from crossing bridges. Sorry. Okay. All right. It's Baldry's beat. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell. Rick and Delta. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Uh, I was calling about something I haven't heard discussed, and it's profoundly changing neighborhoods and communities, and that is that the provincial government and Mr. Eby and his housing minister have changed the Municipal Act that says uh, now that uh, if any proposed development coincides or goes along with the official community plan, it doesn't require a public hearing. And so... Just to give you a couple examples, uh, in North Delta, where I live, uh, there are about 1,100-plus units proposed along Scott Road in a five-block stretch, and that's a lot of new housing, and the public will have no input. They'll have what's referred to as a public information meeting, but that's not the same. Mm -hmm. I can give you another example in Ladner. Uh, they're plunking down a six-story building in the middle of the historic part of the town center. What happened there was the developer put in the application, council changed the official community plan, and so then they had a meeting, and basically the information meeting, this is what we're going to do. And it makes it even worse is in North Delta, We are governed by a South Delta Council, so they're what I call NIMBYs, you know, that's not in my backyard. I live in Tawasin, 20 kilometers away. Well, it's not in my backyard. I live 20 kilometers away in Ladner. But in, but in your backyard. Okay, yes. Rick, okay, we get it. So, we get it. Rick, yeah. thank you. So the British government made it clear it wants to expedite the approval process for housing yeah. and not to have these prolonged, drawn-out, 100-speaker public hearings that can strangle or stifle a development. Now, the downside is you do have some opposition to some of these, but one of the solutions to this presumably is if it was a huge issue, more people should be voting at the municipal level when it comes to choosing your local politicians. And maybe this is what one of the byproducts of these new housing plans are. If uh, if it does rile up people for or against, maybe it'll get more people out to vote for politicians. But at a time when 
only about a third of the population and it bothers to even vote. Um, opposing stuff like this is, is it's hard to muster an argument. This is something that EB has highlighted that he wanted to get more housing built and approved at the municipal level, and yep. he wanted to fast track it. And there were too many local councils that were opposing developments or yeah or you'd get like a local neighborhood uprising and sort of a a nimby effect we don't want this they're hoping this in our neighborhood they're hoping this billion dollar uh fund that's going out will build a lot of housing very quickly we'll see okay gary in vancouver hi gary go ahead good morning thank you for letting me join you sure uh this whole um strata situation has been problematic for me already we saw problems. We, we love young people in our complex and whatnot, but it's owner-occupied only. We've never had rentals in there in the time we've had it, and that's quite intentional. There's different pride in ownership. Uh, you don't have moving vans coming and going. You don't have the unexpected damage issues that traditionally go along with rentals. And um, when the rules were changed, we foresaw some of the issues, and then we we went to move it to 55 plus. The problem is now we can't have young owners coming in with families, which are great. And um, other foreseen issues, like if for some reason I pass away, um, I can't leave it to my kids unless they're over 55, that type of thing. It's yeah. There's been total government overreach uh, in mm-hmm. this whole thing and meddling in people's business. It'll be interesting. That, uh, thanks, Gary. It'll be interesting what the amendments are. Like I, I've asked repeatedly, how come you... Why hit upon 55? Where did that number come from? Why not 50? Why not 60? Where's, where's the, we don't have a lot of data to back up a lot of this stuff. It was very scant information associated with the release of this. And this is, again, <clears throat> minimal debate because it was rushed to the legislature. Hopefully the amendments get more time in the light of day when they're introduced. So I don't know when. Okay, I think that call was an excellent example of precisely the issue we're talking about here. Because you've got, the guy lives in a condo unit, and they were happy with the way the system was before. It was owner-occupied only. Rentals not allowed. Mm -hmm. And then EB came in and changed it. And and he was saying, don't do this to us. We're happy with the way it is. We don't want rentals here. So why are you doing this to us? And EB says, well, he wants to create more housing. It's not like a lot of these condos are sitting empty, though, are they? I mean, oh, he tra- there are some. Well, he tried our, to argue that there were some, pe- some sitting empty that could be rented our out. Former colleague Shane Woodward, um, <clears throat> remember in Denmark, phoned in about their new West condo was sitting empty. Yeah, they wanted to rent. They it. wanted to rent it out, but they could not. They, they could not. So, you could how many this the of other those way. are there, though? Should, I mean, we're talking a tiny percentage of condos. But we heard when this was introduced, we heard from a lot of condo owners were thanking the fact they could actually rent their condo out and live in their other. Uh, well, it cuts, I, I'm not saying it doesn't cut both ways. I mean, there are obviously some people who think this is a great idea, but it's interesting to see EB wavering on it now. I think because, it cuts both he ways. Was quite, he was quite defensive on it. There is a need for some fixes here. There's no yeah. question. And yeah. some of these callers are exposing what the problems are. Right.